This is Josh Sumby, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Egg Services in Drayton, North Dakota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have a report from Whitney Pittman and Tyler Donaldson. Dense fog is with us to start the day across many parts of the Dakotas and Minnesota. The National Weather Service says there may be reduced visibility through midday. There is a chance of rain, snow, and freezing rain on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but there still is a lot of uncertainty with the track and intensity of that system. Stay tuned to this station for the latest weather and road updates. Soy Transportation Coalition Executive Director Mike Steenhook says while there are still open lines for transporting goods to Mexico, recent rail bridge closures are a big deal. A lot of agricultural products use that crossing uh, to, to serve at a, a very important Mexican market. You know, last year, $3.64 billion worth of U.S. soybeans were, tra- were delivered into Mexico, $863 million dollars worth of soybean meal, $117 million worth of soybean oil, transport all transported into Mexico, most of that by by freight rail. So it's a really Mexico is an extremely important market for us and rail is an extremely important uh, way that we get those products into that market. The Soy Transportation Coalition is urging policymakers to resolve this issue quickly. You know, clearly we need to have a secure border. That situation definitely needs to be stabilized. But you know, I, I really question the fact of by putting a big obstacle between farmers, U.S. farmers, and their valued customers in Mexico, whether that's the solution to the problem. And clearly, we and many other agricultural organizations and other business interests have strongly urged the administration to stop that closure, to reopen it as soon as possible so that we can resume these shipments. Freight is backed up on both sides of the U.S.-Mexico border. President Joe Biden and his Mexican counterpart, Andreas Manuel Lopez Obrador, spoke by phone yesterday, and senior Biden administration officials will now travel to Mexico to discuss the border crisis. In response to a dramatic increase in undocumented immigrants entering the United States, the U.S. closed the rail crossings at Eagle Pass and El Paso, Texas, on Monday morning. Union Pacific and BNSF Railway are impacted by the closure. There are thousands of rail cars now stranded in Mexico. And while the production costs are predicted to be lower for farmers in 2024, interest costs may increase. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. NDSU Extension Ag Finance Specialist Brian Parman says he does not anticipate interest rates themselves to be higher, but net farm income has backed off creating a need for some producers to borrow more money. Not necessarily rates a whole lot higher than they were spring of 2023, if they, if they are higher at all. But we're also not coming off of a record net farm income year like we were last spring. We've seen production costs come down a little bit um, since, since their peaks there in 2022. There's been seen in the data that there's been more lending and loans and borrowing on non-real estate loans. And so you're you might be borrowing more money, or it looks like we might be borrowing more money this spring uh, at, at, at rates at least as high as they were last spring, kind of driving that overall interest expense up. Grain prices are a big contributor. 
we have seen a little bit of a decline in production costs compared to a year ago. It's significant, but it's not very large. But what we have seen is a decline, a pretty big decline projected and, and realized in uh, crop prices. And so that's kind of dropping that net farm income number. It, it's still projected to be above average for 2023. 2024, we don't know yet. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. The Minnesota Department of Agriculture is maintaining its state-specific restrictions for dicamba for 2024. Application of the BASF, Syngenta, and Bayer dicamba products cannot be made after June 12th south of I-94 and after June 30th north of the interstate. There's also an 85-degree temperature cutoff. There were only 15 complaints of non-target crop damage this past year. That compares to more than 300 in 2021. Minnesota Soybean Growers Association President Bob Worth, who also chairs the organization's Drift Task Force, said the state's dicamba decision is good news. In a statement on the Minnesota Soybean Growers Association website, Worth said that it's important that this product stays in the toolbox. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. American Sugar Beet Growers Association CEO Luther Markwart says the organization plans to work closely with the EPA as they write new rules around chlorpyrifos. One item is going to be the Endangered Species Act. So all these pesticides now have to have to go through this process of making sure we don't harm endangered species. And so we're going to need to watch that very, very closely. There are new staff that will help in the process. As we go through that, we will have our scientific people uh, involved. We are bringing on, frankly, a, a new employee after the first of the year, uh, Dr. Nick Storer, who uh, was uh, formerly with uh, uh, regulatory and stewardship for Corteva. He will be very involved in this uh, to, to be able to make sure that we work through this and protect the, this product and, frankly, other products uh, that are, are, are under pressure to make sure that at the end of the day that science wins out and not politics. The recent border crossing closures between America and Mexico hurting farmers after an already difficult year. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson has more. The closing of two railroad crossings along the Mexican border has many Midwest farmers feeling the effects of the transportation stoppage. Vince Peterson, president of U.S. Wheat Associates, says that this is yet another tough blow to the ag community after a difficult 2023. It's a huge problem, and it's got so many facets to it, it's difficult to kind of know where it's going to go. But now that we've gone from the humanitarian side over to the commercial side, of, of impact, you know, we're now we're hitting back to the U.S. farm communities and, and particularly U.S. farmers in the hard red winter wheat area that have probably been hurt the hardest the last two or three years with, with Mother Nature and, and yields and crop problems and all of those kind of things. And now to put another another uh, kind of a nail in their, in their in their side a little bit with with their largest export market is, is really kind of a tough one at the moment. U.S. Wheat Associates, along with other organizations, are reaching out to American security agencies asking to bring the closures to a swift end and to reopen the border crossings. We put a letter together yesterday with, with the National Association of Regards. We're urging you know, our, our trade and security people and the Congress and the administration all to uh, put some, some serious effort into this. This just is something from our perspective that just can't carry on very long without some serious problems on the Mexican side of the border and their own food security as well as on ours in terms of 
wheat farmers and, and their security as well. This is the Red River Farm Network. According to Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzlo, the closing of the border crossing is significant. It's already significant given the Panama Canal, given the lower Mississippi River, and now given the Suez Canal issues. The, the, the transportation infrastructure is not getting better. And as I said to a newswire yesterday, it's actually getting worse to the point where I didn't think I'd have to deal with supply chain uh, infrastructure issues adding costs to the commodities like we had to deal with back during the pandemic and also create this more more of a fear now in the trade, I think sneaking in slowly uh, because these issues are ongoing and not getting better that we may actually slip into a recession uh, still in, in the world and even here in the United States. This situation could last longer than most people expect. The word on the street right now is, is that the Mexicans had decided to suspend migrant removals from trains going all the way back to December 1 and that we retaliated by closing those two crossings and right now neither of the two sides seem to be willing to move and I always get nervous during the holidays that some of the right people to talk to maybe aren't in the office anymore. I hope that's not the case. USDA has submitted rule changes to the Packers and Stockyards Act to the Office of Management and Budget for review. In addition, the Federal Trade Commission and the Justice Department issued new merger guidance, increasing the scrutiny for new business mergers. National Farmers Union President Rob LaRue said this is a major progress in building a fairer, more equitable food system. USDA will be releasing its latest cattle on feed and hogs and pigs reports this afternoon. With the report being released ahead of a long Christmas weekend, traders will not have the chance to trade those results, the results of this report, until Tuesday. A uh, reminder, you can get your latest news and weather updates anytime by listening to the Red River Farm Network podcast. Go to rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Bion Environmental Technologies works to eliminate the environmental impact of livestock waste, and that's led to some outside-of-the-box solutions. Bion Environmental Technologies CEO Bill O'Neill says ammonia recovery is key. In order for us to be successful, we have to quickly collect waste as it occurs because in a typical feed yard, if it's dirt or concrete or whatever, if that waste is sitting on that ground or concrete for um, for two two hours or more, um, we've lost probably half of the ammonia that escapes to the air, as well as we've lost um, a lot of the methane that uh, that that our system also captures. So O'Neill says the ammonia and methane from the waste are removed in an anaerobic digester. After the the digester. That's when Bion's uh, technology takes hold, and that's where we remove the ammonia from the digestate, from the remaining digestate, and um, and then we combine that with CO2 that is is already produced out of that digester, and which is typically just let escape to the atmosphere, and instead we we um, collect that CO2, combine it with the ammonia molecule that we've collected in our in our um, technology and now we have a crystallized ammonium bicarbonate that can be precisely applied um, on the crop on the root that um, that um, that you want to grow 
Checking markets this morning, we have steady money for Minneapolis wheat. The March contract is at 714 and a quarter. The May Minneapolis wheat down a quarter cent. Chicago wheat, it's a penny higher for March at 613 and a half. And hard red winter wheat, KC wheat March, gaining three quarters of a cent. March corn unchanged, 472 and a half. July, a quarter penny lower. Soybeans for January. 12.99, one and three quarter higher. March, a gain of one and a quarter cents. A couple notes on the market news: we will have a cattle on feed report and a hogs and pigs report coming out this afternoon. Of course, markets will be closed on Christmas Day. No overnight trade Monday night. We'll have a hard open on Tuesday morning. Uh, as we check in on the farm calendar for this morning, University of Minnesota has its annual cow-calf days scheduled. Uh, they're going to be in Staples and in Bagley, Minnesota on January 23rd, on the 24th in Roseau, and in Iron, Minnesota on January 25th. And the Northern Pulse Growers Association has its annual convention coming up, the date January 23rd in Minot, just ahead of the KMOT Ag Show. Great lineup of speakers. Dr. Joe Outlaw from Texas A&M with an ag policy update. Uh, geopolitical specialist Jacob Shapiro also on that schedule. Make sure you pre-register. Have yourself a great Friday and a Merry Christmas to one and all. This is the Red River Farm Network.